0: Life, the universe, and everything in between. Graham Hill's Weekend Variety
1: Wireless on Radio Live. Hello, hello. Good to be back. Are you still allowed to play Gary Glitter? Uh... Yeah, it was a lovely couple of weeks break. Thank you very much to Ryan Bradley uh, for filling in over the last couple of weeks. There's always a hesitation before I say, thanks very much to Ryan Bradley, because there's nothing wrong with him. It's that at this radio station, there's a Ryan Bradley, there's a Bradley Bacon, there's a uh, Reuben Bradley, yeah, Reuben Bradley, he's on the AM show now, along with what seems like my flatmate, uh, Mark Richardson. he's everywhere. Um, there's Bradley Bacon, Ryan Bradley, Ryan Bridge, Reuben Bradley, and and another one, um, that, hence the confusion. All right, coming up tonight, ghosties. Um, a bloke, there's uh, poltergeists out there. Uh, he's the curator. He's a cool dude, actually. He's really cool. His name's Bruce Mahelski. Uh, it's an edition of Secret Museums of New Zealand, and he's got a secret museum called the Museum of Natural Mystery.
0: And I've got a couple other yeah, interesting paranormal things. So I'm interested in ghosts, uh, poltergeists, particularly.
1: You're
0: mm-hmm. a subscriber that they exist. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any doubt. Um, that they exist i think there's a lot of objective evidence that poltergeists exist. by that i mean that invisible agents sometimes move objects and i have had an experience with this myself and there is the artifact in the museum here of oh. the clay head that was uh, damaged by poltergeist in blocky art school in wellington where i used to work
1: oh. Oh, yep, yeah, that's a secret museum, it's a natural, uh, museum of natural mystery and it's full of bones and skeletons and weird stuff. And it's in Dunedin on Royal Terrace, which is really close to town, so go there at once. Here about him around about the nine thirty mark. We're inaugurating a special feature uh, this weekend. It will be running until November the eleventh. November the eleventh, one hundred years ago, may be the most significant moment in the twentieth century: the end of World War One. And it was that conflict and how it ended that shaped the rest of the 20th century and still shapes things today. Have a look at some of the random uh, borders that are drawn in the Middle East. It was that that did it. It is counting down to World War One with Glen Harper. He's New Zealand's foremost military historian and he's written a million books on the subject and he's really good. So we will tell you what's happening on the Western Front in World War One and the other conflicts uh, surrounding that uh, every single week as we count down to the 11th of the 11th, 1918. Just as an aside, I mean, t- t- I'm not the only um, person with uh, who has had a relative die in, in World War One, um, but my great uncle, he died. He was shot and killed by the Germans on November the fifth, nineteen eighteen. Uh, just um, six days ahead of armistice. But then again, it could have been day one. I don't really know if it matters in the scheme of things. Could have got shot on day one, but he got on shot on the fifth. Okay. Uh, and just as a bit of a salute to that subject matter, we're playing the an outsider's with Jared Hindmarsh. It's about Be- Bellevue Spur. That was a conflict New Zealanders were in in Passchendaele. Divick's <laughs> D- back. Oh, that'll do for a while. Sort of listy things of what's bloody happening on the show. Mark Watson is going to be with us for um, media stick. He's in the studio actually right now. Mark Watson, the enfant terrible
2: of <laughs> radio sport. I thought you dra- I'd drag you in for media stick. Yeah, no, look, I've got to say, Graham, absolute privilege. Um, I think it's the first time we've actually ever formally met, but I have followed you. I, no, I you met me- you in a green room once. You
1: gave me a dirty look. Did I? Yeah. When? Uh, it was in TV. We were dragged in to do something about sport. I used to work at Radio Sport 2 listeners.
2: Oh, right, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah no, 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 I would never have given you a dirty look. Oh, okay. No, never given yeah, you a dirty look, Graham. All right. No, no. I, 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 I've got a question for you. Yes. Um, you. You know when you go back, because obviously my sort of, I guess the greatest impression you put up on me, I know that you had a great music background and... Um, Did you use great just to fill a, no, uh, fill a sentence yeah, Well, there? I was going to put an exclamation mark on, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but when you look back on your time in TABC, sports cafe is that something you're proud of or are you sort of like marky mark and the funky bunch where he sort of moved on mark warburg and he probably looks back and proud of, of i can't remember exactly a moment or a thing but there were some of those
1: commentary things alternative commentary Brilliant. to video um it was fun to do stuff to what i'd do my only trick really was to see something
2: and make out it was something else see i always thought you were like the izzy stradlin of guns and roses i don't know oh, the, the okay. quiet guy but the, the genius but he was the quiet guy you know let Axel and everybody on. else sort of step up and steal yeah. the limelight but you were sort of like the frame and light that enhance that my grievance number one six five yes. today
1: uh mark and listeners is in the southern hemisphere as a designator it is so freaking lame it's the rubbish hemisphere. It's the hemisphere where not much happens. Uh, I spotted two this week, um, and if you spot one at home, please do tell me. I'm going to collect them. Uh, Australians love in in the southern hemisphere. Here's one uh, from this week. I mean. How grand is this claim? Ames Games is in its 15th year
2: and is said to be the largest sporting event for 11 to fifteen year olds in the Southern <laughs> Hemisphere. For
1: 11 to 13-year-olds in uh, the Southern it's Hemisphere. A
2: like, it's a bit like when radio ratings come out and you can sort of go, well, we saw an increase amongst women 50 to 54 yeah. vegans with three kids. You know, it, it's sort of ridiculous, isn't it? It but, is. But, but that whole thing just drives me up the wall full stop. Oh, the Rugby World Cup, it's the third biggest sporting event in the world. with will have like 10 oh, billion man. people watching it. We'll all travel down there and you're like, stand back, yeah. guys. It's not as big as Liverpool, Manchester United. No, of course it's not. Um, and Are we that insecure here? Do we always have to pat ourselves on the back to make ourselves feel a little bit better? We've got to constantly reinforce that do we, we, we are significant. Any, do we feel any sort of hemispheric pride? Uh, apparently so. Have a an American company has announced
0: plans to build a radar in New Zealand to track the tiniest fragments of space junk orbiting Earth. Based in central Otago, it'll be the first of its kind in the Southern Hemisphere.
1: <laughs> OK. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. All I want to know is how many others there are in the Northern Hemisphere. That would give me an indication on how kind of special it is. So in the Southern Hemisphere, stop it. Oh, no, actually, don't stop it. Keep keep doing it and we'll collect them and point them out and show exactly how silly you are when you use it okay that's grievance number one six five over with plenty more to come after the break media stick proper with mark watson this is the weekend variety ones
0: on radio live Is there any question you'd like me to ask her? No, I'll I'll give you lessons on how to become a reporter. I'll give you some lessons on how to be an editor, because I was your boss once. Yeah, you were, and are no longer. How did that happen?
1: media stick uh, guest guest or co-host for media stick uh, this week Mark Watson Paul Cassily has pulled up stumps he's doing other busy stuff recording some flash music or something so um, that'll be him for the year he might come back at some stage so official welcome um, Mark on this occasion hi
2: yeah no thank you again absolute privilege to work alongside
1: of your Graham and looking forward to it all right I've found a whistle talker the first whistle talker I've heard in a long long time when I listened to it I didn't know the context. And I thought, is this a recording from 1971? Uh, because it gave me that feeling of listening to something old and in black and white, like watching Jack Marshall. I'm saying that supposed to be the superannuation system. And between his whistles, he whistled with his S's, uh, Muldoon <laughs> took over. Uh, he spoke that slowly. Anyway, uh, this from a religious program on the BBC and his name is Father Frank Brennan, that is a whistle talker.
0: And see whether it might in some way provide a causal link, either to abuse in the first instance, or for the institutional failure to deal with abuse. In the Catholic tradition, there are what we call sacraments, which are the graced moments. It can take various forms, but its classic form is where the individual penitent confesses their sins to a priest, and the priest then gives absolution, and the sins will be forgiven.
2: Oh, it's a very good whistle talker. Oh, yeah, it just takes me straight back to the 12th man tapes. Mm, oh, really? It does, you know, the, the super, super yeah. shot, that's... Oh right, but right. No, I'll be honest. Until you, you sort of sent me an email today, I, I, I've got to say I, I didn't know what a whistle talker was. So
1: it's one there. I know. They're rare. They are. They're rare. The Department of Conservation. If he, that's in Australian. It was in New Zealand. But, but, the Department but, but of Conservation they, with orange cones but around did it so to, But did they used to? did
2: they used to be more popular whistle talkers? I think they did. So, so what's happened to uh, uh, dentistry? Uh, maybe. Dentistry. <laughs> maybe. That's just you get, a guess. You also, get these days kids get the uh, tongue, Do tongue they? cut, don't they? So. They, so everyone sounds like a contestant in mastership. So, so they've all got kids have all got really long tongues these days. Oh good
1: heavens I have no no idea.
2: What's See, going I can't on. curl my tongue. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd just like to say uh,
1: at News Talk ZB and Radio Sport, this is about media and it's open and um, no fear or favour. Peter Everett retired after forty more than 40 years at that one organisation, and we should salute him. I think yeah, that's uh, an look,
2: amazing uh, run. Yeah, an uh, absolute gentleman. I, I, you, you will not find anybody that will say a bad word about Peter Everett. Yeah, it's hard just to, had yeah. a manner about him, um, just the just diplomat. I he was if, the people's boss yeah, ne- at uh, News Talk ZB,
1: Radio Sport, and that, that outfit.
2: You never heard him raise his voice, no. he was always very softly spoken you could see that he was a thinker on his feet and he mm. always had a solution. And he'd always be a guy that I think would put you at ease. Yeah. So if you're worked up or thinking thing, he'd put you at ease, mm. he'd put things in context, just a very calming voice, Peter. Mm. All right. Now, the
1: NRL grand final, that's on tonight. Uh, you have a sporting background. We just uh, make the most withering apology in the world for talking about sport. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, uh, will we see the cult of the baby at midnight tonight? <laughs> <when> <laughs> we've seen
2: we've seen the cult of the baby with Jacinda all week, haven't we? And I've got to say, I'm absolutely 100% completely over it. The cult of the baby, you're 100% correct these days. And I, th- I think it comes down to maybe the commercialisation or public relations firms in the background. You've got to look like you're a human being. You've got to look like you're the family man. You've gotta present this image that yeah. you're this not just this rugby league player but off the field you're this wonderful father. But I
1: mean Those no, you're not because those babies are up at, midnight, at night. And these just big, smelly, dirty men with sprigs on, running around, I don't want to see your baby. It doesn't make you special. There are about seven and a half billion reasons why it's not
2: particularly special. It's special to you personally. Leave it. Leave the kid at home. No, completely agree. And the thing is with the baby, and I'll probably get into trouble for saying this, but they never seem to cry. To what? They pamel the kids up before they take them out just yeah. to sort of calm them a little. The needle. You know, they get the hey, needle. Just bring out the pamel. We don't want them sort of playing up. We wanted to look calm. The water people that run on on for the, the...
1: The roosters. Mm. The, the, that guy, he's got a needle in the in the bag. <laughs> we won't have any crying babies. <laughs> uh, no, and, they'll all grow up and be heroin addicts. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then we've got um, Phil Mickelson. He's the worst. He
2: brings this entire tribe on. They run, on ruin the green <laughs> but, for the people who co- are coming through afterwards. But can I can I at least say that you know it was always when you had when you had Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was always the champion and and, and sort of. I think there was a period there with Phil Marcus and everybody thought, oh, he's everything we sort of hate about America a little bit, but too cheesy. Right. But the reality is, Phil Mickelson, he didn't sell us the great lie, did he? Phil Mickelson is what you get is what you see. He is the family man. He so is the far. all-American. Tiger Woods, on the other hand, sold us this... He just got found out. Yeah, but he just sold us this big lie. And, myth, look at me. I'm this wonderful father. I'm this wonderful family man. I am the good all-around American guy. Mm. No, you weren't, Tiger. You sold us the big lie. It's so funny in saying that, I've actually become a bit more of a... Phil Mickelson
1: fan. Oh, good God, really? I have. Haven't you learnt? You see, he's got Phil Mickelson. We just don't know about Phil Mickelson. I'm always suspicious of people who seem to actively and intensively promote an image of extreme family values. Uh, I mentioned Graham Capel. I mentioned Swaggard. Um,
2: They all turn up, you know, Oh, I thought about bringing my two kids along tonight, Graham. Oh, wow. Jaden, four. Daughter, seven. Stop it. I'm a wonderful father. Stop it. Okay,
1: uh, here's a bit of Tiger from the Ryder Cup. And oh no, th- sorry, it was earlier. This whole process, I mean, it has been a winding journey of a process. Nothing like it in sports, really. The tap in for Tiger. We thought we'd never see it.
2: And I don't believe he thought either. Right. The greatest comeback in sports. What do you reckon? No way. No way. Um, What? Because he came back from a back injury. I mean, you can't say greatest comeback because of what he did off the field, because he was a row. You're saying, well, he had back fusion. Okay, well, what about Michael Jones back in the early 1990s with the knee injury? I mean, the crucial ligament, which, mm. you know, back then surgery, it's not what it quite was today. No. A major comeback from there. Mm. Um, I lived in Canada for a year, and there was a Canadian skier by the name of Brian Stemmel. Who was part of the crazy Canucks? This guy crashed at over a hundred kilometers an hour in Kitspiel, the hardest downhill ski race in the world, and did a wishbone and basically split himself up the middle with his intestines hanging out, sort of through his groin area. Oh. Pretty much pretty much died. The only thing that actually saved him the fact that he was in the cold and he was in the snow. A year later, Kitspiel and who's at the top of the mountain? Brian Stemmel. Really? I mean, there's been some wonderful comebacks in terms of injury. But but that's typical of the Americans. They love to put a spin on it, isn't George it? George Foreman beating yeah. Nakamura. How about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. What was he, 46, 47 46 years tons. Age? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think there's been some wonderful comebacks in time and some wonderful stories over the years. But look, what I will say is without doubt, forget Nicholas having won his, what is it, 17 uh, mate. Woods 18. is the greatest golfer of all time. Woods changed the game. Yeah, yeah. Woods made a game that was historically sort of upper white middle, well, sort of middle class, upper class white man's game, slightly elderly man's game, and made it a global game, made mm. it a young man's game. I and so. there are a few athletes in history that do that. I mean, you had Michael Jordan do it with basketball. You've sort of, um, you know, Wayne Gretzky did it with ice hockey, mm. and you had Woods do it with golf. Yeah. So, yeah, know, he always polarised impact. people. Yeah, but sure. I've got to say, I found myself there last Monday when watching the back night. I wanted to see him win. Okay, then I see him at the Ryder Cup. The
1: Ryder Cup, it sounds like competition for the best fight outside a pub. But no, not that one. We're talking um, the Ryder Cup, the golf, and Tiger wanders around, shanks one onto the next green, and turns around and blames the crowd. He's, he's got that look about him. He can, can't take responsibility for shanking it skimming it along the ground, hitting an audience member, plonking it in the lake, or if maybe it's slightly off, it doesn't go in the hole, he grimaces and looks around and tries to find someone to blame for his own mistake that's what
2: i don't like about yeah look and it's funny isn't it get used to it it's called the home advantage man it's the home advantage you are going to get heckled they are going to put you off your game it's a bit like when the british and irish lions came even when he's not heckled he pretends someone has heckled him
1: and looks around and blames somebody else for his own actions
2: but see the british and irish lions came down here last year we had the clown character and we had everybody having a crack at warren gatlin yeah why not warren it's called the home advantage, man. Yeah. Get used to I it. I actually couldn't Get used believe to how it.
1: seriously that was taken, as though it was some huge affront to a human being.
2: I, it was... It, come on. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, I, I don't know. I like to see people chase history. There's something... I don't know. I. It's something that I genuinely can't give Woods for, but there's a part of me that wants to see him win. And maybe it's for the greater good of the game. Maybe because... I don't know. It's chasing history. Uh, all right. Um
1: billy slater or he's going to be playing tonight isn't he
2: billy yeah and that, look they got this wrong but they're always going to allow him to. Play. did he get it easier than bill cosby I suppose so probably did probably did yeah. well i mean yeah no probably yeah i never really thought of it that way trial by jury trial by public trial by media um but look look i mean the thing with the billy slater is we should be tonight talking about of people the- who don't know he Made an illegal tackle in a in a football game.
1: It's it's called rugby league. Shoulder charge. Shoulder charge. No arms in the bang. No arms in the tackle. And they had a close close look at it. And um, because. Netun is in the seventh house at the
2: moment, oh, I think that,
1: you know, a few things
2: went his way. Uh, they had a look at it and said, no, no, you're all right. And I think they're always going to, weren't they? And that's the problem. When you have a judicial system, you want it to be fair for everybody. Mm. And this is not fair. I mean, we've seen Isaac Luke miss a grand final in the past. We've seen a number of high-profile players miss because of an indiscretion the week before or two weeks before they've picked up these match bans. But this is Billy's last game. He's an icon. Um, you always knew that he was going to be let off. And then they're trying to justify and give you a different definition of what defines a shoulder charge. Mm. The problem with all of this is that all they have been talking about all week is Billy Slater. And we should actually just be focusing on the season of the Storm, the season of the Roosters, mm. and the two teams. And when whose who's baby's going to win the competition? And when the final the runs tonight, the first camera shot will be Billy Slater. Yeah. And that that's the disappointing thing with it all.
1: And the Roosters will just boo him,
2: won't they? The Roosters will lose, won't they? Probably. All right. Uh, just a, while we're on sport, actually,
1: this from Radio Sport This Week. Pablo Matera replaces
2: Tomas Lazana on the side of the scrum, while Gonzalo Patrano's out at halfback, meaning no Martin Landajo this week. Romero Machano's injury enforced absence sees Matas Moroni and Geronimo Lifuente push out to right wing and centre respectively, with Bautista Escuda slotting in at second five. Huh? And what these thanks to New Zealand, Nigel Yeldon. Nigel Yeldon? Ni- n- n- Nigel wanted to do that. Didn't he? He, wrote that he wrote that down. He wrote that down. He wanted that, didn't he? That's over egging
0: it, though, don't yeah.
2: you think? Yeah. You get their
1: names kind of right, that's all right, but if you're going to do the accent and the and the tempo of it as well, it's over-egging it. It's showy-offy, isn't it? Well, look, I thought... Or is it a joke?
2: No, no. Um, I mean, I think as a i I've done a little bit of commentary work over the years. I think there are certain names that you enjoy sort of getting out there. And oh, some yeah. names just roll Evolutif- beautifully. Evolutif- but, I, Evolutif- I, but I always remember the great Scottish commentator Bill McLaren and the way uh, he would always go, Doddy, we are thinly called... You know, I can't do the Scottish accent, but the way he just rolled off... And this is a fine Scottish side duddy where Finlay, Calderon, John Jeffery, and John Jeffrey, and they, I don't know, there was just something beautiful and poetic about it. Yeah, but, but he's, but he's but Scottish. I think, but I think the mistake that people There's make... There's no, Nigel but, but th- 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 that's just one paella too many, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I think the mistake people make, commentators make, they become too aware of themselves. Mm. And then they... You know, and, and then I think it's overdone at times. Yeah, okay. Let things happen naturally. I was hoping it was a joke. Whoa! It's all about love, but I it. has got romantic language though,
1: isn't
2: it?
1: I think it's overrated as far as mm. that goes. Um, here's my favourite trick: you get famous footballers uh, that sound they sound really flat as all hell uh, when they're Italian or Hmm. Spanish, Diego Costa. Sounds like he can play football, can't he? It does. You just switch it, what does that mean in English? Hmm. James Shaw. See, they just go down a rung, don't they? They do. And quality and their dribbling but, skills. But, but Alessandro Del
2: Piero—that's Alex Peters. But e- equally too, though, equally too, that's why actors change their names, don't they? They often change their names because they're not happy with their actual given names. They need something a little bit more. I'm changing it for them. For they haven't got going a choice.
1: They haven't got a choice. You see, we get mesmerised by the romanticism of these mm. sounds: Paolo Rossi, Paul Redmond, brilliant, Cristiano Ronaldo. Chris Reynolds. What would you be in Spanish? Chris Reynolds. I don't know. Haram. I don't. Know. No idea. I haven't done it the other way round. And done the other way around. Uh, we're going to take a break. Come back. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a look at is the ACC going too far?
0: The most interesting radio show on planet Earth. The
2: weekend variety wireless. On Radio Life, certainly the most interesting in the Southern Hemisphere. In the Southern Hemisphere, we arguably must have we the biggest audience amongst in the Southern Hemisphere.
1: I have difficulty listening to that and then trying to live up to anything resembling uh, what how the, the promo goes. So I think in the Southern Hemisphere we should change it. Change that it. would be change it. Beautiful use of in the Southern Hemisphere. Well, you're the only Graham. The Hill. You're the only Graham Hill probably on Radio in the Southern Hemisphere. In the Southern Hemisphere. All right, did anyone else hear this and go, huh? But to right wing and centre. Oh, of course, that was Nigel Nitro. Sorry, uh, they did.
2: Uh, but this one. The New Zealand Defence Force admits it has an issue with hearing loss, especially in the army, where exposure to high intensity weapon fire is a hazard of the job. A major review has delivered a series of recommendations to deal with the increasing problem. There are a number of uh, military personnel that are exposed to excessive noise. I
1: thought it might come with the Territorials. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know,
2: uh, silences? <laughs> <laughs> lemons. we we'll just throw lemons at uh, them. i don't know, but party could set up a committee, couldn't they? Uh I just… They could set up another committee, surely. Really? could look into it. There are some risks you have yeah. to expect if well, you're in the armed yeah. services. I don't know. I mean, I think we should advocate for sort of, what, silent grenades?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, for God's sake, we've got the um, everything inaugural... Electric, everything electric these days doesn't make a noise, does it? Well, t- tays are the enemy. Yeah, the inaugural uh, Jesus make it stop is what we're calling it. The um, countdown to armistice in World War One. I, I think. Uh, an apt moment to mention that. A few things went bang then. All right. Uh, now... I read an interesting little article, it was a brief. I get these briefs from something called the Science Media Centre. They send out neat stories about science. But I was really surprised to read this one. Uh, Thursday 30th of August, embargoed until five, so I think we're clear. Think the Serengeti is a pristine wilderness? Think again. While tourists might beeline for the Serengeti to experience the wild grasslands of Africa, they are not quite as untouched by humans as you might expect. <laughs> Listeners, there is nowhere else on the freaking planet that is more touched than Africa by human presence. It has been forever. is the only place you can find that has had Constant human modification from the get-go. We evolved there. You couldn't have picked a place with <laughs> more. <laughs> more of a carbon footprint. M- not the carbon footprint, just human modification. Here's, here's a, g- a good example. Um, you may find this fascinating. Uh, as opposed to a kākāpō, which you can go up to and say hello, and it doesn't really care much. It'll might go... <laughs> because people haven't been here. In the Serengeti, if you walk up to the top of a cliff with a spear, you actually don't even have to have a spear. Antelopes and other animals, they will keep spear distance away. They've evolved alongside human beings and for a sufficient amount of time to have sussed that out. There's nowhere else on earth that you'll get that sort of response from animals to humans.
2: So You're telling me that this is actually these, from the moment they're born, they've almost been socialized into been wary about mankind, I, and it's I almost it's like we've got now. genetically, yeah. like they can say, "Well, okay, we can yeah. smell out another predator for food, but we can also say that when you see a human being, yeah. you stay out of the way." full yeah. Stop <laughs> at spear length. That's how long we'd be
1: throwing spears. Mm. So there you go. Uh, and God, you live a fascinating life. Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. All right. Uh, there was something else I was going to mention here. What the exclamation what was mark? Oh, that's right, yeah, the exclamation mark. Thanks for reminding me. Lovely article by a character named Adam Dudding, and it was in the Sunday paper of the Sunday Star Times today, the Sunday, yeah, that's what they call it, and it's on stuff, I think, about the exclamation mark, how it's so overused and use it sparingly, don't use it all the time, it makes you like an oaf. And it was a lovely article about this, and, it reminded me of a time when I'd written something and I was quite proud of it. So I sent it to a writer friend of mine by the name of Brawnyus. He yes. can he can <clears throat> he can write his way out of a paper bag. And bless him, he's a friend. But he just emailed back. He says, "Get rid of those effing
2: exclamation marks. It makes you look like an oaf." And so, what's I, the what's the issue though? So I don't understand what the issue was with the exclamation mark. I mean, it's just. It's yelly, um, and it's unnecessary. Let your words do
1: more of the talking rather than the volume of them. So people are trying to
2: put the exclamation mark on and that's automatically going to sell it. Yeah. Mark Watson, Mark Mark Watson, on tonight, exclamation
1: mark, unnecessary. It's it's a little undignified. It's put, it's...
2: You it know, make a great Seinfeld rolling episode. Rolling something It would, would, would make a great Seinfeld episode. Uh, I could what? just see sort of George coming in to Jerry and go, Jerry, yeah. she uses the exclamation mark. Yeah. What do you mean she uses the exclamation mark? She uses it too much, Jerry. But you know where
1: the home of the exclamation mark is? The natural home where you will find it? The Serengeti plane <laughs> of the exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> Staff kitchens. Staff room kitchens. Absolutely. Which are autocratic, are they? Uh, there's always one person that likes putting up a With notice, the exclamation mark which is autocratic. Your dishes, dishes away. away. And then how many exclamation marks? Three. Fifteen. Fifteen. I've seen fifteen at yeah. once in the old building that we were at. But brilliantly, the, there are no exclamation marks in Radio Live's kitchen area over there. You can go and have a look. There are some very measured notes. It says all it needs to say. Uh dirty dishes in here, please. No exclamation mark. It's not. Dirty
2: dishes in here, please, you awful person. Brendan Telfer, dirty dishes in here, please. Exclamation mark. Telfer would get one, wouldn't
1: he? Gone way over the top of exclamation marks in the past. All right. Anything else you want to say about life, media or whatevers? No,
2: I just... um yeah, I, I've just got to say, I'm I'm um, I, I I've got to say, I'm over. I just want to go back to the baby thing. I'm over Jacinda. I'm over the baby. I'm over. I'm ah. over the public relations here. I'm over uh, this tabloid media that somehow thinks that last week she sold New Zealand to the world. I'll say this, and I said it the other day on a TV show. Look, we, we split the atom. We conquered Everest. We gave women's the vote. Do we really need women's our Prime Minister? Give women the you're, you're in the Southern Hemisphere. In the, in the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> but do we really need our Prime Minister coming on to these television shows and, hey, for five minutes she talked about New Zealand and how... They this all is do, going, though. But this is all going to... Gerald so, Key did. But, but we're going to have a million people sit the Southern Hemisphere and visit New Zealand in particular because of it. No. I'm about to drive home and pay $2 free for a gas at the pump. Oh,
1: yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm, we wanted to do a good job of being a Prime Minister. I could but, give but stop a you, flying
2: nothing no, stop about... stop using little Neves of political football. And don't tell me that she doesn't yeah. have a public relations team there going, another photo opportunity, guys. We'll, we'll underplay this one. We'll understate it. Has the baby got an agent? Well, that's exactly it. Oh, well. All the best
1: to them. And all the Prime Ministers go on those shows, don't they? I mean, John Key was there on Letterman,
2: being silly. It was quite fun. He was only on there for a bit, didn't he? Just no, he read out the top ten list, didn't he? Yeah, that's, a, that's he a pretty cool He read the top cool ten thing. list, didn't he? That's a
1: cool number because New Zealand is just so weirdly exotic to people in America. It's one of those default s- countries. S- s- see, I saw the flight. Do you of the... want to say somebody's weird? So blah 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 blah. It's like it's from New Zealand. But I
2: saw the flight of the Concorde on, and they were brilliant. They did wonderful things for New Zealand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Very, very clever. Yeah, it did. All right, Mark. Are we done? We are all except for announcing that Harry Lyon, rock, New Zealand rock royalty, one of the foremost rock musicians in the Southern Hemisphere ever, um, he's got a new album out and it's produced by one of my favourite artists. So I went, ooh, that could be interesting. Delaney and Harry Lyon, formerly of um, Hello Sailor, Pink
2: Flamingos. Were you a member of Abe Tasman's? Yes. Yes, you were. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Huh. <laughs> Really, Sherlock? Sure You've worked this one out. No, I have. I have. Look, I, I've got to be honest. Um, <laughs> just a little, little bit. I, I, was, I got into music very, very late. Mm. Um, and I've got a great, much appreciation now of New Zealand music, more so than I've ever had. Oh, good. And, um... All right. No. Off I okay. When somebody brought that up, I, I wasn't aware of it. Huh. Okay. But it's yeah, not the most famous
1: wonder, food band in the world, is it? Well, well Southern Hemisphere. In the Southern Hemisphere. Wonderful name. Well up there. Thank you. How'd you come up with the name? Uh, it was an accident. Okay. All right. Uh, our New Zealand Accent of the Week. Today is, what's her name? I've got to get right, I don't like uh, mispronounce. Oh, no, it's, we don't have a name. It is a, an anonymous recycler from Gisborne. I think
2: people have got confused about what to do. Maybe that's
1: why they've stopped recycling. You're tuned in to the Weekend Variety Wireless. Yeah, that's right, you are. And special guests in the studio are signifying the release of a new album, Harry Lion To The Sea what it's called, Harry Lyon, New Zealand Rock Royalty, uh, Hello Sailor, Pink Flamingos and more besides. So welcome along Harry. Oh, good to be here, thank you, Graham. Um, this piqued my interest not only because uh, it was an album by you, it was because it was produced by one of my favourite artists, current artists and prolific one, Delaney Davidson, Yeah. Who's just the spookiest most beautiful sort of windy gothic country uh person we may have ever produced
0: but how how did that connection happen with this album um i just uh, i sort of saw delaney a few times and um after graham died Brazy died uh, there was a tribute to graham at the silk scroll shortly afterwards you know a couple of months afterwards jesus delaney, moving delaney sang billy bold yeah. And um, so I, I hadn't met him prior to that, but I sort of <laughs> hunted him down, sort of just about fell into his arms weeping, you know, so we became instant mates. <laughs>
1: yeah, cool. Uh, I have to ask you, because it was two, um, would have been uh, not just colleagues, but very good mates, died. F- Man, it was quite kind of close together, wasn't it? Dave yeah. McCartney and Graham Brazier. Um, that
0: must have really shaken you up a bit. It did. Well, and then I had my mother in the middle of it. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, a rough few years, but, um, uh, yeah, it, um, they, we were close, you know, and it had been a long time as well. Mm. So, yeah, I still think about them a lot.
1: Yeah. Lovely, lovely people. Um, I kind of knew them just a little bit, but that was enough to know that they were really, really, really lovely people. Um, your memories of working with Hollow Sailor,
0: what were the best fun times? Uh, hard to say. I, I guess, you know, any band, you were in a band. The early days are sort of fun because you, you don't really have any expectations mm. and you um got a dream of some kind and, and hit the road and, mm. and a, in, a, in our case, the CF Bedford <coughs> and, um, you know, just play endlessly. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's great I mean, that's you, great were, you
1: were one of those really hard-working rock bands too that did the, all the pub circuits. Yeah, we did work a lot. Yeah, get those
0: flying outs in.
1: Yeah. Biggest difference between New Zealand and Australia? Because you would have felt that difference
0: all the time when you went over there. Yeah, it's It can be difficult for Kiwi bands in Australia. They, they don't necessarily make it easy. It's not to so say it can't be done. I think oh. you've got to kind of hang in. Um, I think they yelled at Phil Judd uh, on, on day
1: one in Sydney, Play something we can dance to, you dickhead! Yeah.
0: <laughs> Play something we know yeah um but i mean we were still doing okay but i think by the time we came back and called it a day then in 1980 um you know it had been five years sort of it's about living in the same car you know
1: yeah all right um now is there any salute or significance here about dave mccartney and graham brazier on
0: this album uh well it's kind of the whole thing's dedicated to them you know but um you know, I'm waving, keeping, trying to keep the flag flying. Yeah. Um, but there's no song specifically written for them or about them. Okay, um, but it's in there. It's in the
1: foundations of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, where was it recorded? Uh, recorded at the lab. Uh-huh. That's a recording studio in Auckland? Yes, in, in uh, Mount Eden Road. Mm-hmm. And um, mixed at Roundhead, Neil Finn's studio. Okay. What did Delaney do? He did a lot, actually. He changed the grooves of some of the songs and, you know, he's all over it in terms of playing stuff. He even played drums on one track. Um, yeah, really good to good to work with, full of ideas. Mm. And, uh, you know, I really... When I started listening to Delaney's material, recorded material too, it made me really want to work with him. I thought he would bring something really cool to it.
1: Yeah. Um, to the sea, the title track. Um,
0: tell us about that, because we'll uh, we'll hear it. It's well, well, it's a bit of a biopic, really. I, my mm. my uh, girlfriend was his, and now my wife for forty three years has name-checked the first verse, and it so sort of pretty much goes from there.
1: Right. Okay, we'll just hear a bit of it. And I, I get a touch of the, um, oh, lovely, dusty, gritty, sort of Neil Youngish. Yeah. To the Sea, Harry Lyon, from the album of the same name.
0: I am bound, with the days are the loving cuffs of Mr. Maine. Just a little is enough. One good year, and the tax man comes, and we drive
1: to the sea.
0: Title track of the album by Harry Line To The Sea. Is that you wearing the lead break? It's it's a bunch of people, actually. It's Hammond starting, and then it's me oh. and my son kind of grunging away there. Oh. And there's a little Hammond lift. of Hammond Gamble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hammond Gamble experience. How's he? He's great, yeah. Hammond sung BBS on a couple of tracks, not oh, this one. Oh,
1: cool. Yeah. It's got, ball on drums. There uh-huh. There. It's got a lovely kind of wailing, um, stormy, fire breathing steve steel hoofed cattle um of <laughs> you know riders in the
0: sky isn't it So yeah it was fun to play yeah and that's one thing you know i heard it more like a sort of reggae song or something and and delaney said oh no, no really no no, no no let's they spooked that out yeah let's get a bit spooky with it oh you know, far out suited the lyric yeah.
1: um it's out on a new format called compact disc apparently it's uh it's oh, yeah. unscratchable but no, I'm, I'm up, up with it. it
0: yeah i'm up it's the latest.
1: But it does say on the back side one and side two, so it's vinyl as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Although that's not applicable to the compact disc version.
0: Are you touring and playing? Yes. Yeah. I've got. Um, I'm. I'm living in Russell now, so I've got a like a fundraiser, do a launch gig, uh, this coming Saturday. I guess oh, really? it is now. Yeah. And how far around are you? How comprehensive is And to then it just not that much, actually, but the, um, doing uh, The Cabana in Apia on the Thursday the 11th mm-hmm. and Galados and Auckland on the 12th Friday and Wellington on Saturday up Meow and Blue Smoke in Christchurch on Sunday. Oh, nice. That would have been my father's birthday. Oh, right.
1: <laughs> um, and these were songs you kind of had to get out? Is it that
0: sort of thing? Yeah, it is a bit. Yeah, some of them were written, like, Thirty years ago. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And and so delaying. It's quite I, a
1: satisfying feeling getting a song out that you've been trying to get out for a long, long, long time, isn't it?
0: Yeah. That. Well, I'm always writing songs. I've got more as well, but um. Just, yeah. I thought I would better do it. God. Yeah. You know, the big seven sort of looming. So.
1: Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Lyon, you are rock royalty, and um. I don't think it's uh, too early to n- to not say commiserations for losing s- two really, really great friends not that long ago and close um, consequence to each other, um, Graham Brazier and Dave McCartney, but this is, it sounds great. Uh, the album's called To The Sea. Thanks for coming in. And Peter. this is Johnny Cash. Hi. What's the deal with that? We've got only got a couple of minutes, but That's, tell us what's the deal.
0: Well, it's about a, a, a man who got his heart broke. Okay. And I don't know, it's just one of those songs kind of wrote itself. All right. Well, it's ten o'clock and the storm just broke. There's a Friday flat and the storm is cold. He looks at her and the sweat rolls down his face. Five o'clock and the whistle blows. Six o'clock and the beer flows. And he raises his glass. Proud working class. And he plays Johnny Cash on the jukebox. hundred ways, she loved him for a hundred days. He thinks of her and a tear rolls down his face. Three months, then she broke his hide. Four months, and he fell apart.
1: That's Harry line from To The Sea, after nine o'clock. Skeptical Thought with Mark Honeychurch of New Zealand Skeptics. And oh, we've got some cracking stuff for you today. Oh, doesn't get any better. Um, we'll be talking Jehovah's Witnesses and masturbation.